You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello and welcome to the Comic Book Informer Podcast. This is Raj coming to you on Wednesday, Comic Book Day, the 25th of April. And with me, of course, same as usual as Vince. How are you doing tonight? I guess I'm okay. You guess? I mean, you, you have didn't to guess. Care much? Well, I asked. It's the first thing I asked. What more do you want? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> little inside baseball for you all. Normally, we have a little chit chat before the show, but I'm trying to rush for supper. <laughs> I want to make sure we're done on time, <laughs> and this has the potential to go a little long. So I'm just trying yeah, to. Did, did you forget boom. you were hosting this week? <laughs> Shut up, dude. <laughs> I was going to let you talk lots just for that. No. Okay. This week, actually, we are, uh, we're going to do a retro show. There's, there's a lot of series that have come out that are absolutely fantastic and worth talking about now, but you know, it's nice to every once in a while, go back and talk about some of the things that have gone past that were important in their time or that still hold up or any number of things. Now, when I was young and collecting comic books, in the early 80s, and I was uh, just a young teenager at the time, I remember that back then, the events as we see them now, which are commonplace now, weren't back then. I mean, sure, there were big story arcs that happened in in various series and whatnot, but you didn't have these mini-series like we have now, which are so utterly prevalent. That's basically damn near all that you see all over the place. Back then, you didn't see it quite as much. Sure, you still did, but not to the same degree. And so whenever a good miniseries came out, it was huge. It was something that you talked about. Of course, when I say talked about, this is not we're not talking about the internet back then. We're talking about, you know, at the local comic shop with your buddies and on bulletin boards online. Yes, I am that old. So, uh, one of the series that came out back then was Secret Wars. Now, a lot of people have probably heard about that and heard about some of the things that came of that series, but may not have taken the time to actually read it. I remember when it came out, and it was such a monstrosity in terms of how epic the storyline was that for quite a long time, that was all that people were talking about. That's I remember it being absolutely huge. So I haven't read it since then. So it's been a great many years and I wanted to see whether or not it actually held up and just how cheesy it would potentially be. <laughs> and so we decided uh, this week that that's what we were going to do. And so I went back and I read the 12 issues and you read them, you were saying just a few weeks ago. Not a few weeks ago, but within the past year, I actually just for the hell of it decided to read it. Right. Did you read them again? Of course I did. All right, so you're ready is what you're saying. Uh, when am I not? All right. Well, I'll let you go then with what your thoughts are on the story. You see, when Secret Wars first came out, it was a bit before my time. I'll spare you the uh, displeasure of telling you how old I was when it came out, but I'm sure you can do some oh, math. I know, I know. <laughs> but it was so prevalent that it wasn't long once I started reading comics that you know I was able to, you know, find some friends with issues, this and that. I think there was even a paperback of it out way back when. So I, I did read it early on in my comics reading career, let's just say. But in retrospect, it's interesting because we see these events these days and 
the whole purpose of the events is just to, you know, to drive things forward, you know, to get a bunch of publicity and this and that. And that's exactly what Secret Wars was. Secret Wars was published because Kenner, I think it was, maybe Hasbro, dad, I forget, was putting out their first line of Marvel action figures. So they wanted a comic series to go along with it. That was the entire purpose for doing the Secret Wars. And yet still, you got... I don't want to say it was a groundbreaking story, like compared to the other stuff in the 80s, like it wasn't, you know, Dark Phoenix Saga or anything like that. But it was solid. Like the characters all had proper motivations looking at you, Avengers versus X-Men. <laughs> there was enough to it. And it was pretty interesting to read. Like, I can't say, oh, it was, it was so amazing of a story, but it was a lot of fun to read. At no, At very few points did I go, why would they do that? Well, there was a few points where I said that, but overall, no, you're right. Overall, it was um, it was good. But the thing that that struck me in in rereading it, and being far more critical now than I was then, and having experienced a lot of truly amazing story arcs now as opposed to then. Sure, there were some really good ones back then too. But you got to admit, some of the stuff that we've seen as of late has been mind-numbingly awesome whereas back then you can get away with a lot less let's be honest and so you read this and i mean when you look at the, the a lot of what the story is you can tell yeah this was just let's just give them an event for the sake of an event there's there's no rationality and it's it's one of those where okay well we don't have to make it make sense it just has to happen. It was the 80s. Nothing made sense yeah. anyway. Yeah, so it, it doesn't have to be something where people can sit back and say, well, hold on, that doesn't make sense, or or you're taking a shortcut, whereas now you look at it and say, oh, my God, the entire concept is a shortcut, really. Let's, <laughs> let's just create the most omnipotent being ever, and so anything that they do can make sense because of that. So it's an insanely huge shortcut, and yet... Because of its time, because of the influence it had then, and because of the story too, it still winds up working. I mean, yes, there's huge problems with it at times, especially if you are very critical kind of thing, but it can still work if you're going in just to have fun kind of thing. You really do have to to appreciate that. That I mean, I don't believe this story would work now at all. I think that fans would be far too critical of it but if you can appreciate that in the 80s it worked kind of thing then you can you can still enjoy it and there's parts of it that are very enjoyable but uh but again i don't think that now this would would hold any water yeah but that's one of those fun things about reading these old school comics yeah. because this this is something that let's face it probably could not come out these days without it you know just falling apart <laughs> and i love like right off the bat when they when they show off the teams there's already so much going on there because first of all you have you know magneto on the side of the heroes which that doesn't get explained until i think it's the last issue exactly what he's doing there but that right there right off the bat it leads into some story developments and then even with the villains my god the villain lineup you've got dr doom Ultron, Kang, Galactus, the freaking Molecule Man, like any one of these people have stood up to the entire Avengers. So as a, especially a young fan at the time, this was 
by far the most awesome thing I could have ever conceived in my fragile little mind. Well, yeah, it was just there was so much going on. I mean, you weren't just looking at uh, an X-Men storyline where you've got a large cast and there's a, a big impact in terms of what is going on. No, you've you've got the X-Men. You got the freaking Avengers toss in for fun. Oh, look it. Why don't we toss Spider-Man in who's going to freaking punk the X-Men later on, too? <laughs> <laughs> like there was just so much tossed into there. And then when you're looking again at that cast of villains, it's like it's not good enough to have all of you there. We're going to toss in the bad of the bad and see where that goes and not just that but we're going to continue to add some throughout yeah. the story as well freaking lizard man he's just hanging out in his swamp minding his own business nobody even knew he was there and you got to wonder if like they, they started the series and then after a few issues they're going damn okay we need something else here we haven't brought in the freaking Lizard Man, how about Spider Woman? You know, like these. Let's we, create new characters. Yeah, that are actually fairly strong in terms of, of character progressions. So, it again, in that time, it uh, it certainly was groundbreaking for, I, I'm not going to say for, for everyone necessarily, but especially for younger, more impressionable readers, or for any readers that were craving a story with this type of scope, then then the it was you'd salivate over every issue and you couldn't wait to get the next one. At the time, you know, not everybody had read, say, the Dark Phoenix saga or Craven's Last Hunt or the the Walt Simmons and Thor stuff, or even like the Judas Contract and the Teen Titans, all these great storylines that in retrospect were some of the best of the time. At the time, not everybody had read that because that was really a time where you were just following your favorite characters. You you, you you didn't have to read so many other comics, the, the whole shared universe thing. It was there, but it wasn't quite at the level where it is now, where you know you have to read three completely separate comics to get one storyline. But this was the one comic that everybody who read comics in the 80s had read. Every single person had read The Secret Wars. Well, let me put it in perspective, too. And once again, showing my age here. When when I was young and reading comic books, I, I, I lived in a fairly small town. And the next bigger town, well, it was quite a drive, and we didn't go there all the time. Anyways, um, the, where I lived, there was two shops that sold comic books. And that was it. And there were several people who collected comic books and, and bought them, most notably myself and a buddy of mine. And we used to like race to go and see who would get their <laughs> comics first. And literally we were missing issues out of our collections because one of us had gotten to the stack before the other one. And now when this came out, <laughs> there was no way in hell that either one of us wanted to miss on this. As it would happen, luckily, the each of the shops carried it, so we each got an issue. But it was literally show up as early as possible. Even they hadn't put them out some days, and we would ask if we could go through the bins of magazines and comics to pick them out just to make sure, because there was no way in hell we could have a collection without all of them in it. So... Like eventually, the the town closer to, uh, that was closest to us got a comic shop, and we had that little that little, it was like villains. Who's gonna get to her first, you bastard? <laughs> <laughs> that stopped, but uh, but it, it was awesome, and it was one of those series again that you you just you could not miss. Now, in terms of the actual story, just for anybody who's never read it, basically, out of the freaking blue, a bunch of heroes and a bunch of villains are transported to, you know, billions of light years away from Earth 
They watch a universe collapse, and then they watch a planet being made of patchwork bits of the various planets that were destroyed in this. And then they find out eventually that this omnipotent being told them that whoever wins against, you know, the, the two groups will have whatever wish they want granted. And so, again, you've got the good guys and the bad guys. So, of course, there's going to be fighting that ensues. And it's kind of like some of the things where we've seen recently in, in story arcs, case in point, Avengers versus X-Men, where it's just a <laughs> let's just figure out some to reason to fight and we'll go from there. And that's what this is. What happened, though, is that there was a, a lot of things that came out of that and a lot of interesting little rivalries and different things, especially, like you had mentioned before, between the X-Men and, and everybody else. And to the point where the X-Men sided with uh, Magneto, which at that time was kind of unheard of, whereas now it's, well, that's just, he's part of them. But mm -hmm. then it was like, holy crap. But it was because, again, that, that mutant versus everybody else. And so it created a lot of these different things between them as well as between the villains. And basically that's, that's the entirety of the series. It's 12 issues of what kind of crazy can happen oh, damn i'm gonna have to bleep that out i forgot what podcast we were recording um what kind of crap can happen that that we're gonna need to figure out how they get through it and this and that and not just that but how can it end because again you can't have all of these powers killing each other off and then especially if a villain wins which for the longest part you're thinking is going to be dr doom then they'll hold this insane power that they can then use to destroy everything and that's the justification that the heroes have to continue fighting because they feel they're saving their universe and i mean again that's that's pretty much it the resolution is kind of don't look too much into it <laughs> because not too much is explained in terms of just how this happened. You have to go on faith that it did. So again, in terms of what the story is, you could write out the actual story of the 12 issues in a line or two, but so much came from that and so much character progression came from there as well that it still is a series that's very much worth reading. Yeah, and it's just all those little things that happened in here that, in retrospect, like when we decided to talk about this, you know, how many events in this miniseries not only were important for this time, but are still important today. And, I mean, obviously the big one is the black costume for Spider-Man. And yep. I, I just, I loved that. Like, when it, it, like, by the time I'd actually become interested in Spider-Man as a character, of course, I knew him as the black costume. So again, as a kid, you know, I, I knew he had the red costume as well, but seeing that transition, it, it was pretty cool. And knowing this was before the whole Venom thing had even started, seeing that it was something a little weird and a little creepy, that was cool. And so it shows that you can have these big events that do something, you know, huge and mind-blowing and world-changing, but still have them be important or even uh spider woman she literally showed up out of nowhere in this miniseries for the first time in the history of marvel and look at her today she's now a major player in the spider-man mythology so there's so much going on here that still carries through well the biggest one of course is the spider-man costume and for again those who are wondering if you just want 
to know what it is. Um, essentially, of course, they're, they're on this planet and they discover this alien technology that's there too because they're essentially given bases, uh, massive bases with very advanced technology inside and whatnot. They figure out at one point that one of the devices can create costumes. You just have to think about it and it'll create your costume for you or a new costume kind of thing. So Spider-Man bounce in, bounces into there because his has gotten ripped to shreds, but he goes to the wrong machine. And so he sits down and he thinks about it and out comes this black sphere. And then when he touches it, it his spider sense goes absolutely ballistic and it starts to cover him like, again, the suit, which anybody who read the Spider-Man at that time will then remember. You didn't find out until much later that that's actually Venom. That's the symbiote Venom. And so they really, really played with that after the series was done. It gave them this fantastic vehicle to have story after story and conflict and, and, and this new villain that they had so much freedom with in terms of how to play him because it's this alien that can do damn near anything when you look at it. So... It was, I think that's probably the most important thing that came of this series. Mm -hmm. And just a couple things about the miniseries that to this day I just remember. And first is uh, issue four. The cover to that issue, it's, that is just perfect old school comics to me, you know, with the captions, under 150 billion yeah, tons yeah. of rock stands the Hulk. And it's a cover of literally the Hulk holding up a mountain. And that's just one of those great comic moments that years, decades later, I still remember perfectly. Well, see, I remember the where Spider-Man gets that costume. When he's standing mm -hmm. there, he's got that kind of pinkish background to him. And it was just this, I can just imagine, again, being the artist working on this and getting a chance to do something of this importance. Granted, at the time, they may not have thought that it would go on to be that important. But here's this iconic shot of Spider-Man in the brand new costume. And there are a variety of little story bits, some of them not even important in terms of the story and yet I remember them like Jesus how many decades later and I still remember it um like when Spider-Man is fighting uh Titania and she's telling him to stand still and he's saying you would love it if we could fight in a broom closet then you'd get me but around here you can't get your hands on me and different things like that that I remember years later the the series is funny because and if you decide to read it you'll see what we mean like when you talk about Old school writing. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> like, I mean, you get that right away. Because All the exposition, Batman. <laughs> everybody talks. Everybody's got a monologue to say. Everybody talks about themselves, too. Nobody thinks, well, I, I shouldn't say that. There are some thought panels, but not too many. Everybody says what they're doing. And that's one of the things that I'm so glad they changed that. I'm so glad that nowadays you don't get that. Nowadays, it's, listen, it's on the freaking page. If you, you're too stupid to follow, then I'm not going to explain it. I'm glad, because holy crap. I don't crap. have to tell you Storm is firing the lightning bolts. Yeah, really. <laughs> this is over and over again, everything. And the other thing that I'm glad they don't do as much anymore either is the recap of everything that's happened up to date in a new and ingenious way kind of thing. Every single issue has some form of recap of what has happened so far. And it's like, oh, okay, we, we know, Jesus, Remember let's move yesterday on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so... The thing, too, is like you're reading 12 issues. It's going to take you a while to read this. There is a ton, 
ton of reading in in this text it's and again a lot of this has to do with the constant monologuing and narrative everywhere and and they make light of it a couple of times especially with dr doom which that i thought was funny (laughs) but uh but yeah it's it's again very old school in that way as is the art most of the art is very good but some of the panels like oh my god that is so 80s (laughs) And She-Hulk in freaking leg warmers. <laughs> and there's actually a panel where she says, oh, wow, that was like tubular, you know, to the max. And I'm going, oh, yes, it was the 80s. I'm embarrassed to have been a part of it. <laughs> well, one thing uh, I know we both want to talk about is the X-Men's role in the story. Because when I was young, you know, I didn't go to the comic shop. I, I know they were around, but, you know, I didn't go there. I didn't have that much money of my own to spend on comics anyway. So basically my comics were what I could talk grandma into buying me on our trip to the grocery store. Because back then, you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> you could buy comics on the newsstand at the grocery store. So a lot of what I was reading at the time was Thor and the X-Men. So, like I said, later on, going back and reading the story, it I don't want to say it's the first time, but I think this is probably one of the first times the X-Men had really interacted with the rest of the Marvel characters in a big way. So we see that, especially back then during this time in the continuity and the history, even the other heroes didn't really like the X-Men. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's that is one of the. I'd say that more so than the good guys against the bad guys, that's one of the biggest tensions in the entirety of the series. And, I mean, it's handled well. It is still somewhat handled with kid gloves, but it's handled well. I think that it could have been better. But again, part of that had to do with the cast of X-Men that were there. Excuse me. The um, the problems that they were having not, I shouldn't say problems, but the 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 leadership issues that they were having with the X Men mm-hmm. at the time because of Storm and Cyclops and of course Professor Xavier, who takes a much more engaging role, leadership role I should say in 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 this series because he can walk again there. Um, so I think that there was a, a ton of tension. Now I think that this is the kind of series that I would love to see handled now by today's standards from a good writer and see what they could do with it. Yes, it would still just be a give them an excuse to hit each other, but let's see what somebody who's a little edgier, not afraid of tackling tougher subjects and things like that could do with this story kind of thing. And I think that would be more fun because then you'd see a lot more conflict. I mean, essentially, that's what Avengers versus X-Men is supposed to be, but from what we've seen, it ain't gonna be. So (laughs) I, it's... It, it's it, again. It would be cool to see what somebody else would do with it now. Yeah, and, and it's like it's that one scene where you know that the, the X Men and the other heroes had finally come back together, and there was still that bit of tension, especially because of Magneto. And Wolverine tells off Captain America. Yeah, he's like, hey, you're always talking about you know freedom and justice and this and that, but that doesn't apply to the mutants, does it? You know, so it, it it's again, it's that tie kind of back into the modern day where here's Captain America leading a strike against the mutants, and it's it's 
one of the it's it's a cool time to be reading this miniseries with all the stuff going on currently in Marvel. Yeah, and it's funny because if you look back at some of the Wolverine titles, you will see how much his relationship with Steve Rogers actually meant. There, there's a very strong bond between them, and yet there were still periods of time where, because of that mutant conflict, it did cause a huge rift between the two of them. They kind of fix it. A little too quickly in here kind of thing. It's, But when you're looking at what they're up against and what they think is going to be their future, okay, it kind of makes sense that they would allow themselves a little bit more leeway. But then that's the other problem with this series is that because it was, again, back then, they allowed a lot more plot holes, a lot more jumping between the story than you're likely to see now. There are a lot of points where you're reading and you're thinking, is there a page missing? What? what <laughs> how did it jump from that to that? I mean, one of the iconic moments at the end where uh, Captain America's shield is broken on the same page. <laughs> it's the same page. I'm looking at it. He's holding the shield. In three of the panels, the shield is fine. Suddenly he walks out of the panel and the shield is broken. But then he imagines it as whole and it is because they kind of got their wishes at the end. And so a lot of things like that happen throughout that you're going, what the hell just happened? What did I miss? You didn't miss anything. (laughs) That's just the way this was written. (laughs) Just roll with it because if you start looking at it and wondering where these holes came from, you'll be worse for wear. Yeah. And... Just one last thing I want to say is I love Dr. Doom. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this was really when, as a young reader, I fell in love with Dr. Doom as a villain because you have all these other villains. And, you know, the whole stick here is if you win, your greatest wish will be granted. And that wasn't good enough for him. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I love Dr. Doom. There were a lot of very good moments. Most of the characters got to be um, strong and engaging. Sadly, a few of them were really written down. Like, I mean, Wasp is made out to be this petty stereotype of a woman that only wants a comb and her nails done that is just, again, insulting to the character. And yet you get something like that or you get Colossus's story, Mm -hmm. which is like... Yes, it's the love-struck kind of young man story, but it's still well done. It still was fun to read. It still was, you, you could feel for him kind of thing. And then how, especially Nightcrawler and Wolverine, how they relate to him and they understand kind of what he's going through. So there were some very poignant moments for um, a lot of the characters that really made them fun to read. And I mean, hell, you just have to go back to the Lizard Man again. And it's like, he had a fantastic role in this. And it it was fun to read him. And here's just this, and it's not like he was in there that much, but it it was well done. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, that that That's what I took out of this was despite the huge, you know, eventness of this, many of the characters still had that great character moment that developed them within the series and really that's what stood out for me. Yeah, I I wish it would have done a little bit more with Iron Man as well, especially seeing as it wasn't um it wasn't uh, uh, start it was it wasn't start. Yeah, it was Rhodey. Yeah. So I uh, you get the that little comment early on of where was that? Where he says uh, geez, you're giving him a hard time. What if he was black? 
And it's like, whoa, okay. And then <laughs> later on, <laughs> you see that, ah, oh, it's not freaking Stark in there. That's why. And so I think it would have been really cool if they actually would have done even more with that because they they didn't. There's a little bit and there's a few moments like between him and Reed as well kind of thing. But I think they could have taken a lot more time and had more fun with that character for sure. I'm trying to remember exactly within the continuity this occurred, but I think this was like really early on with him wearing the armor and the Avengers. Like, at least I'm remembering from like the Avengers titles at the time, they really distrusted him. Like they didn't know who this guy was. They knew it wasn't Stark. But so they're like, we're just going to let this guy in. So I, I'm trying to remember exactly where in the continuity secret wars occurs amongst that story. But yeah, there definitely could have been some more there. Yeah. Okay, so it it is a series that if you have a chance, either borrow it or pick up the trade, it's still... It's an it's fun to read. Definitely taking taking it as you know an old school retro read. Don't think that you're getting something a modern day kind of story, but it's still fun and it does open your eyes to a lot of the things that followed there. And I think that it's actually an important read if you are into reading comics and you like to know different things that have transpired that were important in the continuity of well, in this case, Marvel. I think it's an important read. Yeah, indeed. So, okay, let's talk about what's coming out this week then from Marvel. We do have Avengers versus X-Men. Number well, one. Not the technically. <laughs> so I we'll talk about that later. We got Battle Scars number six. We got you've been reading that? I haven't. Not regularly, but I've been kind of keeping up with it. But now uh they've been doing a like it was a big article today about what how the series ends and I don't know if it's the most brilliant thing they've ever done or the most insane thing they've ever done. Okay, I'm going to have to read it. Okay, we got Captain America number 10, Daredevil 11, which is the finale to the Omega uh, Mega Effect, uh, FF17, which I loved 16. Looking forward to seeing what's going to happen here. Uh, New Avengers number 25, which is an AVX tie-in. Secret Avengers number 26, which is an AVX tie-in. Wolverine 305, which starts off with the new writer, Cullen Burn Burn Bun. Fun. Fun. Yes. Sorry. Looks like an R from here. And X-Men Legacy number 265. And then from DC, we've got Flash number eight and Uncharted number six. You know what? I'm behind on Uncharted. I've got to get caught up on those. I've been counting on you to be caught up for me. I need to be because I <laughs> want to talk about that at some point. Yeah. Uh, Dark Horse Comics, we've got the first Mass Effect Homeworlds. So that's going to be interesting. And then from Image Comics, we've got Chew number five, which is a trade paperback. Um, sorry, volume five trade paperback of the Major League Chew, which is the story arc that just ended. Which is just a load of fun. Damn it. Again, yeah. crap load of fun. <laughs> <laughs> from IDW, we've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number nine, which continues to be absolutely awesome. And Transformers Robots in Disguise number four. So with that, we're actually going to call it a wrap. Thanks for everyone for listening. We will, of course, be back next week at our regular time on Wednesday. Check out comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CBinformer. And any questions or comments, send them to either Vince or Roger at comicbookinformer.com. All right. What are you laughing at? That wasn't bad. (laughs) You just must have some really good dinner coming up. I told her I'd be ready no later than 25 to 25.